Welcome to the Continuing Education Podcast for CASA Volunteers, connecting you with experts who can advance your advocacy for children and families. I'm your host, Maggie Halpin, and this is CASA On The Go. Well, welcome back, y'all, and welcome to 2023. I am really thrilled that we have an incredible guest to help us kick off this year. We have Rhonda Kirkendall um, here to help us better understand what CASAs should know and can do about child sex trafficking in our advocacy work with youth and foster care. And Rhonda is an incredibly powerful leader in anti-trafficking efforts here in Texas. Um, You're a member of the Texas Human Trafficking Survivor Leader Council, the chair of Fort Bend County's human trafficking team, and we are incredibly fortunate to have your expertise and guidance in our work as Texas CASA's anti-child trafficking consultant. And on top of all of that, you've been a CASA advocate for six years, so you bring just a powerful depth of firsthand experience and advocacy work to this conversation. So Rhonda, thanks so much for joining me um, to talk about this profoundly important aspect of child safety that I think we don't talk about enough. Um, And something that you told me, um, you sometimes hear from people is sometimes people might say like, oh, we don't have child trafficking where we are. And I want to just dive in by talking about whether that's a myth that some of us might have. So could you just talk a little bit about why this is important for all of us as child advocates to become more informed about? Sure. And and first, I want to say thank you for having me on Casa on the Go. This month is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So there is no better topic than to talk about than what we're discussing today. And so uh, when we're talking about does trafficking occur in my region, What we have to really remember is that first, the term trafficking, that is our term. You know, we as advocates have defined what trafficking is. We study prevalence ratings or risk factors and red flags, all of these technical issues. But you have to realize for the victim, the word trafficking is unknown to them. They may have never even heard it. So for them, they hold all the blame. And I really can't think of any other crime where the victim holds all of the guilt and the shame for the crime that's committed against them. Uh, A lot of victims do not self-identify. And for the reasons we just discussed, they don't understand the intricacies of trafficking. And so they don't even know that a crime has been committed against them. It is our job as CASAs to understand what it looks like and, you know, do the work to build rapport with the kids that we we serve. Um, It is then that they can trust us and possibly start sharing their trafficking stories. And so when you're looking at a local program, there is no way that we can know if trafficking is occurring within that region unless we look for it. And a great way to do that is with the SEAT tool. Um, with kids in foster care that are age 10 and up. SEIT is spelt C-S-E-I-T, and it stands for Commercial Sexual Exploitation Identification Tool. I know that's a mouthful. Um, This is a tool that's performed by CASA staff with the help of CASA volunteers and CPS or our single source continuum contractors for those that are in CBC areas. So right now, Texas CASA is working on a program guide, and this program guide is going to walk you through this process step to step. Uh, The program guide is broken down into four stages, exploration, preparation, implementation, and then integration. And so watch Inside CASA blog uh, for more information as to when that will be released. Awesome. That's really exciting to know that this new, that this more information on the See It tool and and how that can support us in this area um, 
is coming soon. Thank you. And I want to talk a little bit about three different aspects of advocacy around child sex trafficking. So how can we proactively help develop protective factors for youth and foster care in order to minimize the risks of trafficking um, and what to look for to ensure that we're effectively assessing for safety concerns around child trafficking. And then also touch on how we can support youth who are survivors of sex trafficking. I know that's a lot to fit in. So hopefully this can be the beginning of the conversation. And um, I know you can point our listeners to um, some really great resources that you would recommend to continue educating ourselves about what role we can play as advocates. So what are some ways that we can help the children and youth we walk alongside learn to keep themselves safe from sex trafficking? So this is really a conversation for CASA volunteers to not only have with the youth that they serve, but also with the caregivers. You know, so we should be sharing information on like what human trafficking is, how it intersects with kids in foster care. You know, how do perpetrators gain access to youth or what are the risk factors? And I know that's also a lot of information. You know, this information cannot be shared all at once, um, especially right after a CASA volunteer may meet their youth, right? But as that CASA volunteer engages with them, the conversations can happen over time naturally. It is definitely not one of those one-time sit down, we're going to cover all of it. It's meant to be like a 10 to 15 minute conversation each time that CASA volunteer visits with the youth. And so Texas CASA is also working on a volunteer guide. This will be a complement to the program guide. And the volunteer guide goes over kind of what child sex trafficking looks like in Texas and how we as CASA volunteers and staff members can best advocate with kids and foster care that are at risk of trafficking or that have already been trafficked. So this guide covers kind of the topics I listed above and much more. Texas CASA is in the design and editing stages right now with the volunteer guide, and so it should be released pretty soon. I would say that when it is released, I would urge everyone, print it out, review it, study it. CASA volunteers can also just choose a section of the volunteer guide. So maybe it's the section that talks about tools used by traffickers or even defining human trafficking because our kids don't have that information. And so then that CASA volunteer can make a plan to discuss this with their kids in an age-appropriate manner. But we have to always remember that before we get to this step of talking to them, we have to make sure that we're active listeners, that we're building rapport and fulfilling our commitments. If we say we're going to do something, be there. That's what builds trust. You know, you have to be aware that these survivors of sex trafficking that are kids, they have this built-in safeguard to protect themselves. They have been let down by the very institutions that are supposed to protect them. And honestly, you are one more person that's asking something of them. So when you visit with these youth, you may, you may experience anger. Uh, they may be vocal. You may, they may even be, you know, voice discuss about being forced to engage with you. But it is our job as that volunteer to show them that you can be the person to be trusted. Um, and it is, it is a process. So as this trust is built, we begin to share these lessons with them little bits at a time. The, the objective is not to like bombard youth with all of this topic, but rather make it a common subject that you discuss for a bit each time they see each other. And another point is that you really have to be purposeful in sharing this information, because if you're not purposeful in educating on human trafficking, it's simply not going to happen. Yeah. Wow. What an important point about this aspect of safety 
too often being left unaddressed for youth in foster care and the necessity of us continually working to build trust in that authentic rapport as the foundation for being able to have these conversations where we can share safety information in, you know, age and developmentally appropriate ways, as you said. And I just want to really appreciate your comments about um, how that we might encounter that anger or um, being pushed away from youth who have survived this kind of harm and really invite um, us to just put on, like, look through that lens of like, um, trauma-informed advocacy and look through that lens of compassion um, that we don't know everything that this youth may have gone through. And so just continuing to show up and show that we care and and how profoundly important that is, despite what turbulence there might be. Um, so thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And, and you know, absolutely. And one of the things we talk about is that as an advocate working in this space, you have to have somewhat of a poker face. You're going to hear some pretty horrific stories. And um, it, it will be hard to hear. But if you react, if you gasp, if you make faces, that will automatically make somebody shut down and not feel comfortable to share. And, mm-hmm. and you know, although this topic seems daunting, I promise you, the more that you work in it, the more you, you become familiar with it, the more you study it, the more you're ready. Because these kids are so worth it. And the power that you see when they heal is very rewarding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how can CASA advocates assess for safety concerns um, when it comes to sex trafficking? Uh, It's very important for us to understand that both CASA staff and volunteers are not alone when assessing safety. Um, Survivors of sex trafficking are kids that are in foster care. They are supported through a care coordination team. If they're isn't a care coordination team in your area, then it is the policies and procedures around the local children's advocacy center. But it's still a group of people that are coming together. They're coming together holistically to make decisions and to recommend services. But I really want CASA volunteers to remember and think about this. A CASA volunteer, they may know more about that survivor than anyone else. So many times, the CASA volunteer is the one constant thing in their lives. And so as you visit, as that CASA volunteer visits with a care coordination team each month, they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to share information. They're going to be able to share knowledge with that care coordination team. So more than anything else, the relationship we build with the survivors is a very tool that we need to assess safety. Mm. Wow, that's a great point. Yeah, again, coming back to showing up, paying attention, showing that we care, showing that we're a safe person and that we're really this child or youth's advocate um, and just the difference that that can make. Um, And building on that, I think what, you know, something that comes to my mind is listening to your intuition. Like if you have a concern or something you notice that just feels like it might be a red flag for a safety concern, Um, just talking to your supervisor about it so that together you can come up with a plan for how to assess the situation more thoroughly if needed. Does that seem like important? That kind of just like, I just, I guess I worry sometimes when it comes to safety concerns that we don't want to talk ourselves out of um, like getting assistance, um, you know, bringing it up, making sure that that concern 
is addressed if it needs to be. I understand what you're saying. It's, it's like our inclination first when we see something or we something comes through our head is, oh, maybe it's not that, right? You, you yeah. disregard it um, rather than let's look into it and see if there's anything there. If there's nothing there, there's nothing to be done. But at least we've investigated it to see if there's more services to be had there. And so that, that is very important. And I've said over and over and over again, you know, when you have the CSA advocates, they are, are few and far between as well. And so they may have several different cases. They may have 10 cases and CPS may have 20 or 30 cases. And uh, for a volunteer, they will probably have only one or m- at most three. I think at one time I had three cases going on at one time, but that's very wow. rare. That's very rare. You know, usually yeah. it's only one or two. And so um, we are the ones that actually have the facts of what actually is going on, what that child wants, what that child thinks, um, and to make sure that we are so very careful to make sure that we are advocating with them. Yeah. Yes. Great point. So what are your, what do you think are some best practices for CASAs who are advocating for a child or youth who's a survivor of sex trafficking? So the first thing I would say is we cannot view ourselves as their rescuers or their saviors. You know, we've mentioned it before and I just said it again. It's our job to build that relationship, you know, where that youth can count on us to keep our word protect their privacy, and be able to recommend the best services for healing. It is important that we do focus again on advocating with them, not for them. So when you help a survivor of trafficking understand that they have agency, that they have self-determination, and that they can make positive changes for themselves, healthy decisions in their lives, not only for today, but also in the future. That way it's lifelong. That way when you exit, which you are going to exit, that you have put in practices where they can go on and make decisions for themselves. That is such a huge point. Thank you for emphasizing that, that um, we want to take, I mean, it's just critical that we do take an empowerment approach to working with youth when it comes to their own healing. And I I think that that's so key, especially with something that I feel like a lot of folks, I'm again, just so grateful that you're having this conversation with us and, and, and that, you know, these resources that you've been working on, um, like the advocate guide around um, the see it tool and uh, the program guide and all of that are going to be available for folks really soon to help us have, even more deeply informed advocacy around this topic. Cause I feel like when it comes to um, sex trafficking, it can just feel like such a sensitive topic that I, you know, and an intimidating topic, hard to at hard. I think sometimes for folks to know like how to even talk about it with youth. And so um, I understand that completely. And I, and I think that is why it's so important that we, have these resources and education that's available so that we don't um, kind of fall into that like pitfall of, of shying away from something that's actually so critical to making sure that youth are protected um, and empowered. So um, thank you so much, Rhonda. Are there other resources that you could point us towards to continue um, learning how to grow our advocacy around this incredibly important aspect of child safety. Absolutely. So to understand human trafficking and what you just said is so very true, because if we attempt to understand everything there is to know about it, it's extremely daunting. 
But when you are advocating with a child and there is an issue, you tackle that issue, you research it, you figure out a solution and you move on, right? And so we're not looking, just like we can't teach them all of this information in one sitting, we also can't apply it. I mean, there's just too much information out there. But in order to understand human trafficking, you almost have to be like a lifelong learner. This is something that when you see a really good organization out there, you go to that webinar, you study it, you learn more, you get updated statistics. There's always studies going on. There, in the month of January especially, um, they have tons of webinars. There's great webinars on male victimization that's, that's coming up uh, this month. So look for vetted good information. Texas CASA will also be putting out um, trainings that volunteers and staff members can go to to keep abreast of these. But we have in our CASA College some also wonderful resource. One of them is Advocacy for Commercially Sexually Exploited Children. We also have Innovations in Advocacy to Combat Child Sex Trafficking. There's a great document to study called How to Talk About Human Trafficking with Children and Adolescents. The reason this document is so good because it shares with you what is age appropriate at different ages I mean, so it's a great document to study. And I know we're going to have these in the link to the podcast um, to where people can just link over to them. We have to remember also that at Texas CASA, CASA Act, Act stands for anti-child trafficking. We are working on both a volunteer guide and a program guide to help staff and volunteers navigate getting involved in implementing the best practices within the anti-trafficking space. Make sure that you're keeping track of the inside, the inside CASA blog because that's where we're going to be sharing upcoming training opportunities, resources for staff, and we will be letting everybody know when both the volunteer guide and the program guide is available. Awesome. Thanks, Rhonda. Those are, that's super helpful. And yes, I will absolutely be putting some links in the um, episode description so folks can get to that. Um, resource on how to talk about human trafficking with children and youth and the other um, two great trainings that you mentioned that are um, on CASA College. So I just want to say thank you so, so much for sharing your time, your wisdom on this topic with us and really looking forward to being able to um, to read and share those guides that, that you've been putting so much um beautiful work and expertise. And so thank you so much. Any Anything you want to say as we wrap up? Sure, sure. And thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, human trafficking may seem like a very unusual topic to bring up with a child. And it actually can be kind of frightening, especially if you're unfamiliar with it. Recent data suggests, though, that this is the very topic that we should be discussing for prevention. And so, as always, I'm, I'm here if anyone has a question, a concern, they want to talk about it, they can reach me at casaacts at texascasa.org. Thanks for listening to Casa on the Go. Join us next time for more dynamic continuing education brought to you by Texas Casa.